my dear Wonder Woman out there, I'm so excited to have Vivian Hedig today in my Wonder Woman podcast. Um, Vivian Hedig um, focuses on storytelling for wholehearted female entrepreneurs. I'm, yeah, I'm so excited to talk with her today about storytelling, about visibility and about her own story. Um, dear Vivian, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's wonderful being here. Yeah, you're so welcome. And um, Vivian, for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself in your own words? Let's do that. Um, so basically, I guess in a snapshot to put it together, I come from a background of, you know, being really shy, really introverted, really, really, really being, you know, to myself, only child, working parents, spend a lot of time by myself and, um, you know, not being able to speak up for myself, to use my voice, to um, really stand out or even just to build social connections, you know, was extremely hard for me. I struggled growing up, making friends, um, keeping friends and ended up being bullied for, for years, which kind of led me down a very unhealthy path and, um, and really hit breaking point early on. And out of that, I kind of had to learn, well, I had to learn to do things differently, you know, just to kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit and be like, okay, what am I actually doing? What is serving me? What isn't serving me? And a lot of wasn't serving me. And going like, okay, I need to start to use my voice. I can't let people walk all over me. I kind of need to, you know, raise my hand, speak up. I need to be able to talk to people, build connections. So I just started really with baby steps, you know, like tiny steps, like getting out of that comfort zone, which which already got me sweating back then. But, you know, back in high school, it was like literally just raising your hand in class. It was a huge step for me, just like raising the hand and just being able to speak kind of in front of the class. And then, you know, being able to eventually present in front of the class. And by the time that I graduated high school and, and it came the time for like the big ceremonies and all of that stuff and was like, oh, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna host that? And I was like, yep, sure, I will do that, <laughs> you know? So, and I didn't, I didn't know it then, um, but the, when the day came, um, it wasn't this auditorium, like I've gone to that school for years and years and years, but I've never seen this auditorium that packed. We were like 110 students, plus parents, plus siblings, plus grandparents, teachers, some random aunt and uncles. It was like 500 people in there and the auditorium was jam-packed at the bottom. And I never realized I was at a top level and that was also <laughs> completely packed. And I was standing on the stage in my heels with like sweaty hands and palm cards in my hands. I was like, all right, you can do this. Just speak loud, stand straight and just go for it. You know, and it was like two, three hours of like speeches and calling people up and thinking and all kinds of stuff until, you know, I went down and, and someone's aunt sort of went on my shoulder and tapped me. And I was like, oh, Vivian, that was so wonderful what you did there. Like, I thought actually they hired you. I only realized at the end you were one of the students when you, you know, went to your class. I was like, straightening up you know raising raising by like a few centimeters straight there and that was really the beginning I actually really enjoyed that and after that purposefully seeked out 
opportunities for speaking in front of people and, and went later on into Korea, which always required me to facilitate groups, to speak at conferences, to um, do showcases and stuff. So always in front of people and speaking. And it was a big part of my career. And, and through that, I, I learned then later on the important role of storytelling and being able to connect with people through my stories and rather than just delivering content and, and the difference that it made really to people. And um, yeah, and that's how I really got into now helping you know, female entrepreneurs with their stories and owning their stories and becoming more visible and speaking up and, and becoming more confident. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, what a wonderful story, I have to say, you know, um, I can so relate. Um, I know how it feels like when you don't really have a voice, especially at high school. I was so shy as well. And when you, yeah, we, when you don't really want to be seen, but it's so amazing. I had these few moments uh, at high school as well when I had to present in front of my class. And it's quite amazing because I experienced that something gets activated within me in the in that moment where I actually have to perform. And it's almost like something else takes over. And I'm like, oh, was it really me? Because I thought I'm such a shy person and I can't really talk. But when you actually have to do it, it's it's actually not that bad. And it's so powerful. I think. I think this power really lies within us. And I think a lot of women, women don't really realize that, you know, we can be actually in front of other people and we can guide other people. And we, we have this ability to speak up. So when you look back, what was, you know, did you had a feeling within you when you, when you um, were at high school and in this moment, can you describe that a little bit more? Because I think a lot of people, they would like to grasp that moment, this kind of, you know, feeling within them where they're like, oh, I can actually speak up and I can do this. Yeah, so similar, um, like you described it, right? I think it's a very empowering thing. Like I said, empowering feeling and I think regardless of whether you're introverted or extroverted or what what your natural ability is it's something that we can all tap into that's that's inside of ourselves and often when we do particularly for people that have to push themselves a bit more right it becomes that yeah that force kind of within where like you said you know it can run on its own where it sort of becomes this really empowering moment and and you can just kind of almost be above it you know like standing above it and kind of just letting it happen and I know for me like even nowadays like if I've got like bigger presentations and on a couple couple of hundred people and um obviously not 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 so much during the COVID times now but um before that you know when it's like bigger ones it takes me a bit of effort to get myself into that state beforehand so it's really about um kind of pumping yourself a little bit up getting yourself into that confident state of feeling like that you can do it beforehand where you are kind of pumped and excited but more or less calm at the same time you know it's a it's a very fine balance point and then you kind of run on adrenaline I think a lot of it is really running on adrenaline that excitement of it kind of carries you through it and and is that moment and I think for me at high school it was that moment of you know like when when it was 
the graduation ceremony and it was a lot of people and a big stage and everyone kind of was looking. But I also knew at that point in time, there was a very conscious decision for me because there were teachers in the, in the hall that actively bullied me as well at some point in time that told me that I would never graduate that high school. There were students there that um, used to bully me um, and, and it was very much about like showing them that I'm still here, you know, that no matter what, you can't get me down and you might not like me, that's fine, you might ignore me, you know, there, but oh, you can't, sorry, but you cannot ignore me. So you might not like me, but you cannot ignore me and that I will be around, you know, either way. Mm -hmm. I think finding that sort of why you do something or that bit of personal empowerment inside is, is quite helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this why can really, you know, drag you much, much further. It's like, you know, this thought of like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you that I can do that. And then I have the ability to do this. And I, I think for me, it was definitely my parents and my grandparents. Um, part of me wanted to prove them in some sort of way that I, I can do a lot of things and I, I can become the best version of myself. Um, and I think that is such a powerful thing so what would you recommend really introverted women who you know they they just would like to voice whatever is within them they would like to voice their truth they would like to step up and really you know show themselves more and maybe also online but there is maybe something blocking them what would you suggest as like a you know, a small little step they can do to shift this? It really depends on the individual, I think. And I think the first part is really identifying what the block is, like what is holding you back and, and be clear on what you actually want to be able to do. So if it's for you, maybe stepping more into the online space, or if you want to be able to run your own workshop, but you feel that's still a bit intimidating or doing a Facebook live, you know, whatever it is, focus sort of on that one thing, that one step and get clear on, okay, why is this so hard for me? You know, why am I resisting this? What's kind of coming up? And often what we find is that there's fears underlying that, you know, and then we're trying to figure out, okay, what, what's the actual fear? What is the fear about? You know, is it, is it fear of being judged? You know, is that other people will look at you and judge you? Is it fear of being criticized? Is it um, fear of not being safe? You know, some people have a strong sense of wanting to feel safe and that feels quite out there and vulnerable and, and unsafe, you know, unstable. Um, is it fear of maybe being a failure? That stuff will go wrong. You know, are you making up all of these scenarios of what could go wrong potentially? Um, like try to investigate in that a little bit and see what comes up and get clear on well, how realistic is my fear? You know, like I've, I've had a client who one of her main fears was that she would somehow soil herself while on stage. You know, I'm like, well, how, how realistic is that? You know, let's look into it. Does it happen often to you? you know? <laughs> um, so sometimes we might come up with the most ridiculous, mm. you know, fears and scenarios in our head and make it up, which, which then seems so real. But if we actually go a bit deeper, 
they're like, oh yeah, well actually, no, like it never happens. I don't know why I'm making this up, but it just, it's just there. Or, you know, for some people being just being criticized, looking at, okay, where does that come from? Is it because, you know, we were criticized by your parents when you were young, you know, or by your teachers or, you know, grandparents? Often it can go back to like childhood experiences and how we're treated as a child. And those things can, you know, so the voices in our heads and then replicate and go on later on in life. And thinking then, well, is it likely that someone else who's going to pay for my workshop or wants to see my workshop is going to criticize me? You know, like what are what are the chances? Have I been criticized for my work beforehand? Like trying to get sort of realistic on it. And then we want to sort of shift those thoughts into something more helpful. Right. So going from that negative self-talk, from this like downgrading of like, okay, I'm not good enough, this is not good enough, I'm not, you know, I'm not charismatic enough, smart enough, loud enough, whatever it is, pretty enough, um, to well, what actually does help me here? Like, can I say, no, no matter what, like I've got a voice and I've got something to share, like I don't care what other people think. I, you know, I'm important, I'm, you know, I'm worthy, like try to flip it around and use some sort of positive affirmation that resonates with you, like it needs to resonate with you, I can't give you anything specific, because if you use something someone else gives you, it usually doesn't really resonate, so I'm um, working on something that, that comes from your heart, and you're like, okay, that feels good, and repeating that to yourself, and using that before you're gonna do a Facebook Live or a workshop, you know, and, and using it leading up to it consistently. So you're trying to change really those brain waves, interrupt that negative self-talk and build a new brain wave that says, you know, I can do that, or I'm gonna be fine no matter what the outcome is, you know, because usually you're going to be. And and I think a good reminder for this one is as well that our brain, our brain works in funny ways. It's a little bit like a um like a fire alarm, you know, like if you've ever, you have a fire alarm near the kitchen, you will have been in that situation when like you burn a toast and it goes off like crazy. Now your, your brain works in that same way of that it doesn't know the difference, whether there is an actual fire and you need to run for your life or if there's just a toast burning in the toaster and it's just a lot of smoke and, you know, everything is going to be fine. It cannot distinguish. So we still operate on that same system of like going off as if there's a tiger attacking us, which doesn't arguably happen very often these days anymore, you know? Not no. Now. No. <laughs> no, not now, not nowadays, not, not that often. No. So we are still going off like, oh my goodness, you know, a tiger's attacking me, run for your life and going in fight, flight and freeze mode. When really it's like, no, I'm just doing a live. I think I'm going to survive this at the end of it, you know, not a tiger, no one is getting killed, not getting eaten. <laughs> um, so really bringing it, bringing it down to that and understanding that, that our brain is still telling us that same kind of giving us that same alarm. And then, you know, changing that thinking, bringing it back, and then just doing like whatever is easy or small for you. So really, like you said, you know, like a small step, it might be, Maybe if it's on Facebook, right? Let's say Facebook and you want to do more Facebook lives, maybe open your own group and you might not even invite anyone to it, but just do Facebook lives on there for like an entire week and see what happens just for yourself. 
you know, or maybe you invite um, three close friends or something and say, could you just tell me what you really like about this life? Like, I really would appreciate it and make them short, like do the initial ones like a minute, you know, like something really short, something really um, silly, like you can talk about anything, right? You can talk about your favorite flower or your favorite meal and what you had for dinner or something just to sort of get started. So don't set a huge benchmark, but just get started and just get a bit of momentum going, you know? The same thing if you want to do a workshop, maybe just do a workshop for like five of your, you know, existing clients that already know you and that really like the work that you do with them and you've worked with them one-on-one -on -one and just say, you know, I'm putting this on. It's a free one. It's just a half an hour. Again, send the benchmark low. Don't do a half a day workshop, you know, to start off with. <laughs> start, start with half an hour. And just, you know, ask them afterwards to give you some positive feedback and what they enjoyed about it. So always asking for that positive feedback to sort of reinforce and build your confidence and then building on that. Yes, yeah, that really, really good um, steps that you can take. And I remember I started out with holding workshops as well, I think a year ago. And it was so funny because I actually wanted to hold like I think a four hour long workshop it was like absolutely crazy I wanted to do like an like an amazing workshop but it was the first time that I, you know that I did this and at the end of the day no one turned up in that workshop but some of my friends who were invo involved in the workshop and who wanted to just help me set up everything um, you know I just said to them oh let's do the workshop you know and I just do it with them and then they give me positive feedback and then at the end of the day I actually found out you know it was actually way too long <laughs> the workshop four hours is just for beginners it's to be honest it's just way too long and I could just feel like oh my god I was just drained after two hours talking <laughs> you know because it's a lot of brain stuff going on while a workshop and then you kind of you know, you you have to make sure everyone is kind of okay. And, you know, you you ask everyone about their opinion. It's just like so, so much going on. But at the end of the day, I was so glad that it was not a real workshop because I was like, oh no, I think next time I will do it totally different, you know? And I think for me, it was like such a, such a huge thing because I've realized it's not about you know people turning up it's more about the experience and that you yeah it's really about the feedback you you're just getting better at what you're doing and then the next time I did workshops they were much shorter I didn't do many things in them but it was still you know still quite powerful exercises and that was enough and people could take so much away from them and I was like you know, sometimes you don't have to overgive, <laughs> you know, because that's what I tend to do a lot. And I think that's what women tend to do a lot as well. They, they feel like we have to do so much, you know, we, we have to become visible straight away because otherwise <gasps> we're not visible at all. And, you know, we're not good enough and all our fears, all our beliefs are playing up. So it's really beautiful how, you said that with, you know, also working on your fears and really rewiring all your beliefs and really focusing on maybe, you know, the positive things and the affirmations you're saying to yourself and making them so much more, you know, meaningful than, 
the thought in your head that you have nothing to say or nothing to give. Because I notice for myself, the more I focus on these things, I manifest them in my life. And I always find proof of them being right. Um, uh, anyway, um, what did I say? Where was I? Well, it was a, um, I think a good point that you said, you know, like you wanted to obviously do everything, right? We often want to do everything straight away, but it's good if we ease ourselves into it and take those small incremental steps and kind of learn along the way. And particularly if you are more in the introverted side, right? These kind of like workshops and being out there, it's usually quite exhausting, you know? Like I find them exhilarating on one level because I really love the energy of a group and I kind of, it carries me then afterwards, I'm like, on this like high and skyrocketing and then suddenly a few hours later I absolutely crash because all this energy is coming down you know and we need to be mindful of that that our energy is like it's a bit different you know and that we might we might need more time to recuperate afterwards and how much of time to put into it is realistic for us you know like four hours exactly at the beginning is is huge we might later on kind of find that more comfortable but when you start off that's that's a lot of energy going out there and you are always the one in a room when you're facilitating with the highest or in a zoom room you know with the highest level of energy you're always the one with the highest level of energy you have to give so much in there to get your people to kind of a similar level to you they're always going to be but lower than you right so it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff of giving and a lot of stuff that's going out there that you need to manage afterwards and if you know that that's you know just going to be too much for you then just stick to shorter stuff, you know, just keep it easy. It's, it's all going to be good. Yeah. Do you have any tips on managing your energy during like a workshop or something, you know, really like a speech on stage or something like that? I think a big part for me or what I find works for me well, and um, I see in other people, my clients as well, is a being really mindful of your body posture and how you move and being able to actually use your space. So if you're already, obviously, if you're a bit anxious beforehand, we tend to tense up, right? And we tend to get into these weird unnatural positions or like start slouching and, or we try to sit and make ourselves smaller. Or if you're on a stage trying to hide behind the lantern, like I've seen that many times, like people holding on for dear life to that um, lantern lectern um, thing, you know, and, and hiding behind that. And that's a huge, energy drain in a way and it doesn't come across well so if you're getting yourself pumped beforehand and a few simple ways to do it which was actually really great is to for example raise your hands above your head for at least like 20 seconds and you could like if you're on a like if you are having a speech on a stage you can do that in the toilet cubicle beforehand like right no one has to see this <laughs> like you can do that absolutely hidden, but just standing in the toilet with your hands up for like 20 seconds getting yourself <laughs> and it actually does change the way we feel about ourselves it changes our physiology and there's studies that show that if we raise our hands that we we call it victory pose for 20 seconds um that we'd start to feel like like we've already won it. We start to feel like winners. We get more confident automatically. Another great one is like the Wonder Woman pose where we kind of put our hands and our hips and really straighten up. And that's even one that you can use on a stage or in a workshop if you're not, um, online workshop if you're not sitting, but if you're standing, you can even use that because it's quite calming on one hand. Your hands are occupied 
because often we get a bit like iffy with our hands and we're trying to touch them and hold on to them and protecting ourselves. So now they are occupied, but you still have an open body posture and it's kind of an authoritative um, posture. So it usually gets people's attention. You don't want to do it throughout your speech. Like you don't want to, you know, um, walk around the stage like with your hands and your hips all the time. But it's a great one to get started and sort of to settle in until you feel a little bit more relaxed and at ease. And then you can, you know, move into other ones. So really getting your body primed, really having an open body posture, really standing straight, both feet on the on the ground, really grounded. Even when you are sitting, you're doing something online, right? And you're sitting, putting both feet really grounding on the floor gives you a lot more energy already. If you can stand, great. I think physical movement standing is always better for energy and, and trying to be, you know, rather straight than like bending or crossed legs or something like that, because it really makes you unstable. You really want to try to focus all that energy channels, you know, into that straight body, body line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I used to do that a lot. Um, I think they call it the, the winner pose. <laughs> Victory. Yes. And it's, it's actually an amazing feeling because you do feel really empowered afterwards. And yeah, you can just train yourself with these small little things. And I think sometimes we don't give them attention too much because we think, oh, no, they can't do anything, you know, or we look stupid or we think, nah, not, not today, you know, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's really a lot about body posture, as you said. And I think people do really feel that when you're going on stage, when you speak in front of other people, when you do a Facebook Live, you know, people feel your energy. And that's what I found a lot of times. It's mostly about your energy and how you felt afterwards. So people will really feel if you're nervous or, you know, if you, I don't know, something is going on in your life or something. Um, I feel like people can really pick up on that. And especially with your speech as well. So um, how can we be more mindful? or How can we become more mindful of our speech? Do you have any practices that you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to do like a little warming up exercise beforehand. And I think having said that, I think there's a few components to it. One is obviously, you know, it's always good if you know that you have blocks there to work a little bit around your throat chakra um, leading up to it. And that can be a continuous practice for you, um, whether that's through, you know, meditation, visualizations, and you can like YouTube stuff, you know, specifically for throat chakra kind of opening up or chanting humming those things are really really helpful singing as well you know it's a great one just you know putting on your favorite music and singing aloud um, to it can be great and then just before you speak like a little exercise that i like to do it's just like a vocal cord exercise which is also great for the throat chakra um, but it can really help you sort of to not stumble over your own words, to really focus a bit back on it. And it's calming at the same time. So um, I can just quickly go through it, you know, but a few of my favorite exercises, it's like a shh sound. So really working with like shh and doing long ones and short ones, like shh, 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 shh. And then um, tongue rolls, which some people find extremely challenging, but it's like and some people are like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, try your best. If it's not working for you, that's okay. But really, like, it really relaxes sort of that back um, 
area in your in your throat. You can feel it there, and the vibration is quite nice. And then um, really popular soothing ones are like really humming sounds in China, like this. Mm. And really making sure sort of that your lips are also just loose and your jaw is loose. Like try to say that you don't clench on or hold on to anything. So really trying to relax that area and um, moving from the hmm then into like me, my, mom, repeating those ones and using an ornation like um, going up and down, like me, my, moom. <laughs> it sounds funny and ridiculous, but it's such a good practice. Um, and the last one probably for that clear pronunciation would be like ma, pa, ta, and repeating those a couple of times. And each, each exercise, you want to do three to five reps, so it doesn't take very long. And we're just going with that. And that really kind of loosens up your jaws, loosens up your tongue, your throat, that speech just beforehand. And then when you actually speak, just being very mindful and you probably, this comes down to practice, right? Big part is practicing it beforehand a lot of times, particularly if you're nervous. Practice in front of the mirror, practice it like record yourself on your mobile phone, um, whichever way, but have something where you can see yourself and make sure to use strong words. Like don't, women do that all the time. Don't minimize yourself. You now often we go like, oh, I'm just gonna, I just really shortly want to talk about this, or I just have a little advice, you know, just, oh, just a little bit of, of, of this. Um, so we use this like little and bits and like we're trying to make things smaller than what they are and, and trying to minimize it, but stand within what you are saying, say the full extent of it and don't try to downplay it or be like, oh, I'm just, just going to talk to you for five minutes. It's only going to take five minutes, you know, like don't, don't start off like that. You know? um, it's never, it's never a good point, but trying to, to um, yeah, just say it as it is, you know, I'm like, I want to share with you today about X, Y, and that, not, not a little bit and a bit or something like that. Yeah, I think you, yeah, what just what you said that we're trying to downplay us a lot. And we, yeah, we use that, use these, oh, just a little bit, you know, we, we don't want to be too much, right? So that is so interesting in women. And so let's go back to the visibility part, because I think a lot of people are really interested in this topic. And I feel like I don't know, it's almost like a topic of the year 2021 and probably also of 2022 of like, you know, stepping up, standing standing for what you think is right and speaking your truth. And what are your visibility strategies that you have for yourself on social media? Yep. Uh, and that's a good question. I think, yes, 2021, 2022 has been a big year for social media and online space, right? Where many of us have been forced to move that way, even if we had maybe established businesses before in person. Um, so stepping into that one, I think a big part of it is, again, like taking baby steps, you know, see what feels comfortable for you, but always step a little bit out of your comfort zone, right? So it depends on, on where you are, but you really need to be consistent more or less, right? You need to be out there. 
and you need to show yourself like there's no really hiding behind it so if you still have a profile picture which shows your dog or something completely different and you're not in it now is the time to change it <laughs> you want to see your beautiful face <laughs> it's very simple right so really showing showing your face showing up as yourself not you know as your dog or your kids or someone in the background or the back of your head or something like that no beautiful landscape but showing up as yourself because one big thing is um it's just about familiarity you know familiarity breeds comfort so the more often people see you the more often they see your face and often they hear about you and hear about your concepts and ideas the more familiar they become with it and the more they start liking you actually so they might you know when they when they see your face the first time on a picture they might go like oh you know i don't know she's got a funny nose you know <laughs> like might happen and that's cool honestly i don't care if people don't like my nose but the more often they see your face actually or they often they see my face you know they they will by the 10th time they see like actually oh she looks actually really nice you know they become more familiar with it and then it's like oh she looks friendly she looks nice now and they will start to more engage with you. So we often need to be exposed to something more than once. Like if you've got little kids, right? And, and when they start eating and, and even for many years often, right? They often need to have whatever it is, you know, the spinach on their plate for like a hundred times before they finally touch it and actually eat it and eventually enjoy it. And it's kind of that same concept of like, you just have to introduce it to them over and over and over again. And they go like, oh, actually, you know, she seems quite lovely, you know, I kind of <laughs> like her. So keeping that in mind and just really bringing that familiarity and just showing up regardless of whatever, but just being there makes a big difference. Mm, yeah, I, yeah, I can, t I can still relate. I think when I think about my social media time, the people that I like most, I see the most, you know, they just, they post so much, but I'm like, oh, I like seeing her stuff. You know, I kind of, you kind of build a relationship with them, right? It's all about connection nowadays and to really feel people as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, you know, just starting to show up more and then to crack the algorithm a little bit because on Facebook, you know, the more you show up, the more Facebook will actually show you um to other to other people so that's also another strategy you can totally use and it's not just about you know oh you have to do it but it's also you know to think about you know to just be more exposed on Facebook and on social media platforms that these are just the, the rules I would say of social media nowadays isn't it yeah. absolutely and I think it's coming back to knowing why you do it right it's if it feels uncomfortable for you, remember yourself of where, why is it that important to you? You know, what does it mean for your business? What can you do as a result of it? You know, can you like help so many more people, women, whatever, animals? I don't know what you work with, you know, but as a result of it, by you showing up, you might get more clients that you can actually serve and help and have an impact on, right? By you showing up, you can spread your ideas more easily and actually um, you know, showing other people, like being a beacon of light in a way for other people, you know, showing them that way. So being really clear on, you know, it's not just, it's not just about 
thoughts not just it's not about being shallow you know we're not necessarily i'm not seeking for influencer status or something and being like oh look at my news top kind of a thing you know <laughs> but really breeding your ideas and finding your tribe and getting a community together and building connections and being able to have a bigger impact in the world because i know so many women have such amazing gifts you know and talents and stories to share and things to do in the world you know to really uplift us all that you're really doing a disservice if you're not out there and not showing that to people and you're hiding that away behind you know closed doors yeah and I think that was one of my biggest realizations that you know the more I hide myself I actually don't allow others to shine their light either or to even step up and you know speak what's on their heart so yeah what is your mission what is your why oh, so many depending on how deep we go right yeah. um you know like generally I really I believe in uplifting like the womankind you know like really giving women more of a voice I think as as, as women we have gone through so much trauma you know in history and have been downplayed for so long now that it's really a time where we need to reclaim ourselves and and often we say like oh but you know women are equal now now they're actually not yet equal you know we are still standing behind we're still taking back steps in a lot of way and with the online business and the, the online space and, and entrepreneurship I see a huge potential there for women particularly because we get to change the way we work the way we live the lifestyles that we want, we're no longer bound to the, the nine to five jobs, you know, in an office in a very male dominated and masculine kind of environment. So we get to work, you know, more intuitively, we get to work around our families with our families, you know, like, really creating what works for us and what we want. And I think I really want to help. I really want to help, you know, a lot more women to be able to step into that space and to create the lives that they desire and that they want and to have the financial independence that they want and the time independence that they want and just living free lives, you know, on their own terms. Mm, yeah, living in sovereignty. I really, yes. yeah, I do. Oh, I, you know, I think we share really similar missions and I just love, you know, I love your work and I just, I just love that we're helping women to uh, you know to shine a light more in this life because we de we do need more women who who are not afraid of judgments anymore who are not afraid of showing their face or even just you know yeah saying really what's important and what's necessary in these times um so thank you so much for being a leader and really you know being visible online and sharing your story and um, I have one more question oh no I actually do have always two questions before I finish up my podcast um, interviews so what is one book you would recommend someone out there um, it could be one of your favorite books or maybe a book you you read recently and really impacted you hmm. oh that's a good question got so um I'm actually looking at my book <laughs> there's so many um ones that really you know that stand out and make an impact but I think 
if I would have to pick one for this year, from this year, um, well, one would probably be, you know, a national classic. It's like The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And just being really, I think there's so many great stuff in there being in the present moment and bringing ourselves to our, back to our self, essentially, and realizing that we are more than our thoughts and our mind and, you know, just our bodies. Like there's so much more out there and, and really owning all of that. And a great book, which is a little bit out there maybe for this, but um, I've gone through some losses here and the great book that actually helped me was Bearing the Unbearable, which is quite deep, but it has a beautiful, um, beautiful component to it where it goes into the spiritual side of things and how things are connected and how we can, um, you know, how we, yeah, how we can bear the stuff that feels often like it's going to suffocate us and, and going to kill us, but really work through it you know and being in those dark moments and being comfortable with it and taking little steps even when we don't feel like it you know and um yeah that was a there was an amazing read wow amazing thank you i will put everything in the show notes so people can mm -hmm. have a look at it power of now i can totally recommend as well it's i don't know it's like it should be a bible <laughs> i sometimes think it's like it be taught in school right <laughs> there's nothing else more important than being in the present moment it's so true and so there's another question so um imagine i would give you a microphone and this microphone is connected to every radio station to every tv show on earth everyone can understand your language and so you have one minute time now to speak to the whole world what would you say <laughs> No pressure there. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> oh gosh. I think I think the biggest part is that we kind of really need to be kinder to ourselves and to each other. And I think particularly, you know, the last two years have brought out obviously a lot of challenges for people, you know, and a lot of hardship. And in some moments more kindness but in other ways also it has started to tear people apart families apart you know and has shown some really ugly sides to humanity and I think we need to start to listen to each other more and really trying to understand each other's perspective and it's it's hard sometimes it's hard to listen to each other it's hard to see their point of view um, but really when we listen to them you know we can learn something from it we can take something away and we don't always have to be of the same opinion but we just can also acknowledge that, okay, they've, they've got a fair point, you know, and they have their experiences and they bring their points of view in and that's okay, you know, and I'm over here and we don't need to kill each other if we have different opinions and just being kind to them, you know, and just accepting that and being okay with that and being kind to ourselves and saying, you know, if I've got a bad day, I've got a bad day. If I'm, you know, if I messed up, I messed up, that's okay. And I can always make amends. I can always apologize. I can always you know, go back and, and say like, hey, you know, that wasn't that wasn't fair of me. Um, let's talk about it. You know, that's always an option. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, compassion. I think nowadays is so needed and especially compassion to ourselves and then to other people because, yeah, I mean, how can you, I think sometimes I'm like wondering how can you understand other people if you can't understand yourself first? 
So it always starts within you really and then to expand and make it bigger. So thank you so much for sharing. Everyone is now clapping. Woo! <laughs> was like yeah Vivian woo. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian thank you so much for this wonderful interview there were so many nice goodies in here and I really loved it and um, yeah thank you so much for shining your light in this world for using your voice for the highest good and yeah thank you <laughs> thank you so much Renata for having me it was lovely and it was good fun and I hope people get a lot out of it yeah, I hope so too. Much love. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.